With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Do you remember Lance Von Erich from World Class Championship Wrestling? Read all about his career in Portland, in Dallas, and overseas. In his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich, you'll read passages by Dusty Wolf, David Manning, and Kevin Von Erich. 25 chapters in all. You'll be surprised by what you read. Get your book at LanceByChance.com or on Amazon. You're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast. Now, that's not just the coolest, and that's not just the best. The Wrestleville Podcast. Now, that, my friends, is just incredible. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Ferry, and this is part two of my interview with Just Incredible. What was it about professional wrestling that made you want to be a part of it? Uh, for me, it was uh, just like uh, everything Ric Flair did. Um, not only was he a great entertainer, I just, uh, the lifestyle of the pro wrestler really captured my imagination. Um, his promos about you know, going to the hotel and flying, you know, to all these amazing cities on the jet and having the finest clothes and the watches and the shoes. I thought, wow, if I'm a pro wrestler, um, you know, and, and have some kind of success like this, I could have all that money and those shoes and that beautiful suit. And I could have, uh, you know, two two beautiful women on each arm, you know, um, traveling from city to city all over the world. It just looked like a, a rock star life, you know, um, for a pro athlete. Because back then, you know, uh, you never got to see what basketball players were wearing or, uh, you know what I mean? They didn't go back back through the curtain too much with of the other sports. So it, it was the first time that I started to look at sports, uh, at least people even in wrestling, which wasn't necessarily a sport back then. Um, you know, I started to look at them as like, wow. These guys really have money, and uh, that looks like something that would be really dope to do. And I love – I've always had a fascination, a huge fascination. And to this day, um, of course, now with COVID, it's an impossibility. But uh, up until COVID stopped everything, I'll go to a concert, and uh, I'll sit there, and I'll look at the arena from where I'm sitting. And I love to see, is it sold out? Um, how many seats are sold? You know, like, I love – the feeling and the look of of an arena full of people um and when you have that arena full of people on their feet cheering for you or booing you for that matter it is the most electrifying moment you will ever feel i don't care what you do 
Um, it is a, a feeling bar none. And uh, that's something I will always cherish is just going out there in front of all those people and having them really commanding them uh, like you're a, a player in a, in a, in a play. Um, you know, kind of you have them in the palm of your hand. If you want to make them laugh, you can make them laugh. And if you want to make them cry, you can do that too. And to be able to do that as a performer is is pretty freaking spectacular. In your opinion, what, what does it take to create magic inside the wrestling ring? I think what it takes to create magic in the ring these days is just uh, just to have two two people um, you know, it doesn't have to be good guy or bad guy, but two competitors, two athletes, two personas that uh, that you care about. And uh, then once you care about these two people, what's the story? Is it the story of a championship? Is it a, a personal story? Um, is it, you know, did somebody try to hurt you or put you out or break your life? You know, whatever it may be. Um, or the other several storylines, but it takes, it takes you to first care about these two individuals. Um, and, uh, that really is it. And once you care about these individuals, whoever they may be, then is when you can start doing the ifs, the ands, the wheres, the whys. Um, but first of all, I think you got to start caring about the, the people that are involved in these stories. And, uh, which comes, I think the biggest problem is, uh, we've forgotten to, create these athletes uh, that we care about. Sure, there are one or two, if not three, but uh, there are very few people, and you could probably uh, see the fact that they are constantly bringing back talents of the past, which I have no problem with. But, uh, you know, they do that for uh, one pretty big reason is they don't have the talent uh, in front of their face to kind of, you know, they have a great talent pool, but uh, they have to go back to people who have retired 10 years ago kind of tells you something about the state of where you are today. So, uh, you know, we need to start uh, making the fans care about uh, who's out there on Raw every week, on SmackDown every week, uh, on, you know, quite frankly, on NXT every week. Uh, because if we don't care about them, then why are we going to care about their matches? You know, it's very simple. And going back to ECW, what was it that a, a appealed to you about that? or, or And also, too, uh, what were the challenges of wrestling in that promotion? Um, what was appealing was, uh, I really got to work with some of the best people, uh, and creative minds in the business at that time. Um, I mean, I was working with Paul Heyman hand in hand for about three years. Uh, I was semi-main event to main event for the better part of three years. Um, two tag team championships with Lance Storm, uh, one heavyweight title reign for almost about six months. Um, so I was working hand in hand with Paulie quite a bit with Tommy Dreamer, with Raven, with Sabu, uh, Jerry Lynn, Steve Carino, Dusty Rhodes, Terry Funk. And I mean, I'm sitting here, uh, you know, doing business with these guys, uh, really creating, you know, and I, I mean, I can mention more, but it's just name uh, dropping at that point. But what I mean is you really are playing with the best, uh, you know, right. and, um, when you're doing that, you're learning so much and you're really enjoying yourself and you find, uh, you know, you find that you're right in the mix of these storylines, um, with some of the greats and you realize that the storylines you are now in that you used to watch from afar, you are now part of these and you are actually the heartbeat of some of, you know, in 2000, uh, I know that the, uh, I know, of course I know, but we all, we all know that the Mark magazines are just that. They're for the Marks. 
but uh, the better part uh, of half a year, uh, I was number one in the top 10 of PWI's, you know, listings of who, how they rank their wrestlers, you know. So what that means isn't that you're the best, but what it does mean is you're, in America at least, you're up there with the higher echelon of WCW, of WWE. You're part of the wrestling you know, landscape to a very high degree. So you're right in there. Um, you're main, I main evented, uh, I don't know how many pay-per-views in uh, ECW, especially the last year. I think I main evented every single one in 2000. I'm actually going to go back and look, but it came pretty darn close. Um, so anyways, what I'm trying to just say is it was a very, very amazing time and special time uh, in that aspect. And and not, not so much... Uh naming names, but did you see wrestlers come in to ECW and find out that that wasn't for them? Um, some, sure. Yeah, certainly some. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. But, uh, but I think most of them um, had an understanding that, uh, you know, if they worked right, uh, that ECW was was a good fit. I, I think very few people actually, you know, I can't even think of any right off the top of my head that found themselves kind of not feeling what ECW was about, only because I think what, he, what Paul Heyman did and a lot of the people around him uh, that were providing storylines and such, what they were doing is, uh, you know, were finding people's strengths and if Paul or Tommy Dreamer, who's doing a lot of the booking, uh, found value in you and your character, they were going to work with your strengths, not against them, where I think Vince McMahon certainly goes uh, and says, okay, what's, what's this guy or what's this gal do for me? Um, or, you know, this is what I want from them, and if they can't do that for me, ah, okay, there's nothing for them. Whereas in ECW, it was the exact opposite, where it's like, okay, this is what they can do for us. How do we mold this storyline into what they do the best? Like, they would almost customize stuff for you where WWE would do the opposite and make you kind of bend away from what you were uh, what you were good at to fit their mold. Um, Paulie was very good at, uh, at really re- re- refining things and stories to fit everyone in ECW like a glove. You know, um, a lot of these storylines that you saw were really custom-made for that said individual. That's why a lot of them worked so darn well. And was there one particular wrestler that stands out in your mind that you had great matches with, and if so, why? Oh, sure. Um, Certainly Tommy Dreamer. Um, Why? Because he was just uh, so good. Uh, uh, But what I mean by that is just so creative and uh, very unselfish. Uh, His his most... Uh, important thing uh, was, you know, how do I get PJ over? How does he get me over? Uh, he felt the character Tommy Dreamer was already established uh, throughout his runs with Terry Funk and Raven and whomever. You know, he already was Mr. ECW. So his job was at the time, how do I be the best, you know, the best guy for ECW? And he became just that. He became the flag bearer. Um, in, in WWE for a very long time, you know. Well, yeah, absolutely. And and what what great stories that you shared with us today, PJ. I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you uh, being here with us. 
Oh, it was my pleasure. Totally my pleasure. And uh, I had a great time doing it. You know, I really is, did. Is there anything that you'd like to plug or is there anything you're working on that you'd like to share with us? Oh, I'm not really working on anything uh, huge. I mean, I am finishing up uh, an autobiography with Kenny Casanova, um, but that won't be out till uh, probably next year. Um, just, uh, you know, to follow me uh, on Instagram at PJ Polacco. And, of course, I have a verified account over on Twitter at PJ Polacco. And if you'd like, you can go on over to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Just Incredible. I have over 20 tees, both new and retro. Uh, if you're into it, go check it out. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, PK. Oh, it was my pleasure, man. I had a great time. Thank you for having me. You're listening to the Wrestleville Podcast, where wrestling lives. Do you remember Lance Von Erich from World Class Championship Wrestling? Read all about his career in Portland, in Dallas, and overseas. In his new book, Lance by Chance, Wrestling as a Von Erich, you'll read passages by Dusty Wolf, David Manning, and Kevin Von Erich. 25 chapters in all. You'll be surprised by what you read. Get your book at LanceByChance.com or on